All right, we've been in this series called The Holy Spirit um, for the past two weeks now. And so far, we've talked about who He is, who is the Holy Spirit. We've talked about why He's important. In week one, we learned that the Holy Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity. And real quick, um, can, who can tell me the three truths about the Trinity that we learned? Anybody? Yeah, back there, Brett. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? What else? What are the truths? What are the three truths that we, we've talked about? We, re, we, we reviewed them last week. Yeah. All are equally important. All, all three persons of the, Holy, of the Holy Trinity are equally God. Yes, which is equally important. Was that going to be yours, Liz? Yeah, Maddie. There is one God. Okay. What was, and what's the other one? There's one God. All three persons are God, are fully God. And what's what's the first one? God yeah. God eternally exists as three persons, three distinct persons. Good work, Anna. Okay. Um, so if you weren't here and you want to know more about those three truths uh, or just more uh, about that part of what we're talking about, I want to encourage you to listen to the podcast. Okay, you can go to our website, crosspointcc.org, click on Messages. And then hype, and then you can, you can actually subscribe to the podcast so that uh, every week when it's updated, uploaded, the new one's uploaded, uh, it'll just show up for you so you don't have to go look for it anymore. Okay, I want to encourage you guys to get into the habit of, of listening to those, especially if you miss a week or whatever. It's going to help you as we continue through this uh, stay on track with where we're going, okay? And it's something you can invite your parents to listen to with you or uh, your friends or your, your siblings at home. All right, anybody remember what I told you? Uh, to go home and do this past week, to go home and look for in your Bibles? Yeah. Evidence of the Trinity, right? In what passage? you remember? We talked about the passage last week. John something. That's correct. John chapter 14, 15 through 27. Did anybody find any of these... Uh, Evidence of the Holy of the uh, of the Trinity in that passage. Anybody? Okay, get your Bibles out real quick. Turn them to John chapter fourteen. Fifteen through twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. John 14, John chapter 14, 15 through 27. We won't read the whole passage again because we did that last week. Um, but I'm just going to give you a couple examples and then, and then I want to encourage you guys again. Listen, this, this, all this stuff that we're talking about, everything that we learn on a Wednesday night, uh, it will go with you so much better. It, it'll stay with you. Um, you'll internalize it. You'll understand it better. The more you take time to study it for yourself, along with other people. Uh, the, um, I heard a statistic once that said, I think we, we retain about 50% of what we hear, but about 95% of what we teach, okay? Or what we pass on. And so it's important that you talk about this and not just listen to me talk about this. Does that make sense? Say yes. Okay. All right, so all over in the New Testament, and, and, and really in the Old Testament too, we see it too, but... Uh, all over, especially in the New Testament, we see evidences 
of the Trinity. And I just wanted to give you that kind of exercise this past week so that you can start to, to look at passages when you read them, that you look at them through that lens, that this is talking about the Trinity. And um, I just have a couple examples here for you, okay? Um, verses 16 and 26. Each of those talk about the three persons of the Trinity. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, I being Jesus, the Son, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Whoops, that was 16 and 17. Uh, but the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three mentioned in that verse, okay, in those two verses. Uh, in, in verse 26, it says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right there, okay? That's evidence right there of the truth that God exists eternally as three distinct persons, right? Okay? So I, I just wanted to kind of point that out, and I, and I was hoping that, that one of you guys would, would come back this week and point that out uh, to me and to everyone else. Um, but to see that, that when we read, this isn't just something that, that's taught and, and then uh, we don't really see that. We only see it like one place in the Bible. No. Because God exists eternally uh, forever and ever from, from eternity past to eternity present, okay, to eternity future, as three distinct persons, we're going to see that evidence in the Bible. Because it's one, uh, he's one God, there is one God, we're going to see evidence of that in the Bible all over the place. Because uh, each person of the Trinity is fully God, we're going to see evidence of that all over the place. And so as we read through different passages of Scripture, I just kind of want to help you um, take a look at that and, and kind of keep that as a lens that you read Scripture through and look for those things. Because the more you understand the Trinity, the more you understand um, the truths of the Trinity, the more uh, you're going you're gonna to see how reliable God's Word is. And the more you're going to see how true God's Word is, and the more you're going to see how much you need it in your life, okay? So, um, last week, we talked about the, uh, why the Holy Spirit is important. Can anybody give me a quick one or two sentence um, summary of what we talked about last week? Anybody? These are my note takers right here. I love this. You got it? You got something? No? Okay. Okay. We'll give you a minute. What's something that stuck out to you from last week? Anybody? Why is the Holy Spirit important? Yeah. Because he's all around us. He's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, Anna. Yes, yes. Jesus went up to heaven so that we could have the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus as a person couldn't be everywhere in one place or everywhere at the same time. The Holy Spirit can, right? Tito, were you going to say something or was that what you were going to say? Okay. So it's important. It's important. It's part of God's plan, too. It's not just, uh, uh, this was a calculated thing. This was, Jesus came to fulfill um, God's plan, and now the Holy Spirit has come to fulfill God's plan for us, okay? 
Uh, and so he's important, and, and that's why we're doing a series on him. Again, because I don't think we understand fully um, who this Holy Spirit is or the importance of who he is in our lives. We talk about God, we talk about Jesus, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very often. And so that's why we're doing this series. That's why we're going to keep uh, in this. And now, excuse me, um, this brings me to a good point right here. Leaders, can you hand out the, those sheets and stuff for me, please? They're going to be handing out a couple sheets of paper, okay? And um, Hunter, I'm glad you're here. Uh, you'll notice <clears throat> one of those sheets is about a postcard size, okay? And, um, and sometimes, like I said, I mean, I'm just even judging from all of the sort of blank stares I'm getting when I'm asking the questions about these last two weeks, um, this kind of confirms it. But sometimes I think we, you guys come or, 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 or it's, it's hard sometimes to, to get like a takeaway, isn't it? Or it's hard sometimes to maybe feel like overwhelmed, like you're getting just way too much information. And if you can't have some way to, to retain it, then as soon as you walk out the door, it's pretty much gone, right? We only retain 50% of what we hear. So basically by the time you get home, you've had another 10 or 15 minutes of hearing other things that kind of crowd out the things that you've learned that night already. So if you don't share that with somebody, if you don't go home and talk about it right away with your parents, then chances are by a week later, like by this week, a lot of that's gone right? So, um, even though we're talking about the Holy Spirit during this whole series, there's a lot of different aspects, a lot of different details that, we, that we'll cover, and, and it can be tough to keep all of that straight. And so, um, one thing that can help you remember and understand uh, these things is, is by listening to the podcast, like I said, and, uh, and I would encourage you to do that on a regular basis. Um, but one of our very own hype students, uh, Hunter Honig, she's here tonight, um, she came up the, with an awesome idea, I thought. She approached me last week with this, and, uh, and I love this, okay? This card right here that you have, it's about postcard size. Hunter came up with these questions, or, or uh, um, this is basically like a little note card, okay? You'll, we hand out pens and, and these cards, and if you guys want to take notes, if you want to... Um, if you want to ha- want help remembering some of the things you hear or you want like, have you ever just like gone, man, there's just so much information. If I could just get one sentence or one takeaway from this, I, I might be able to hold on to that and apply that to my life this week, okay? Um, he- here are the things that-, that Hunter came up with. She says, she's got notes, a notes section here. It says, what did you learn or what did God say to you, okay? And then the main point, I love this. If you could take one thing away from the message, what would it be? And I'm going to try and help you with that tonight um, with, with like a one-sentence thing. But, but if you hear something, okay, and it really sticks out to you, write that down. And then I love this application. Basically, what am I going to do with this? Uh, if I wrote this stuff down, am I just going to stick it in my Bible and not open it again? Or am I going to take it home and throw it away? Or am I actually going to take that information and, and apply it to my life somehow, okay? It says, what will you do now? What Bible verses should you look up? Like last week, you could have written down John chapter 15 or uh, 14, Verses 15 through 27, right? And then what questions do you have? Um, and that's the other thing. That, there's another sheet of paper that you got, a blank sheet of paper, okay? Here, here's what I want you to do. You should, you should have that blank slip of paper, um, and, and everybody hold that up if you got one, okay? Good job. And, I, and thank you, Hunter, for creating this. This is fantastic. I had Bree do the, put the uh, 
image behind it and stuff, but it's great. It's all you, okay? Um, yes. So you'll notice then uh, at the bottom of the sheet, like I said, that, that application section, it says what questions you have. And I think that, I, I love that that's on there because I think, um, I hope you do have questions. I hope you leave here each week with questions because when you have questions, then you want answers. And when you want answers, then you go look for them, hopefully, right? I, and I hope that you'll write down your questions in that application section of, of your notes. And I hope then um, that you'll go home and that you'll open up God's Word together with your parents uh, and find the answers to those questions. And maybe some of your questions will get answered as we continue through this series. Um, but, but if you write them down, then maybe, you know, as you, as you come back, then next week or something, maybe that question will be answered. Um, but I also want you to write down your questions, any questions that you have on that blank sheet of paper. And you take the notes paper home with you, but you leave the blank sheet of paper here with me because um, I'm going to save the last week of this series. I'm going to set that aside for sort of a, a question answer time. And so I want your questions now so that, um, uh, that we, can, we can talk about those the last week of this series and, and answer anything that hasn't been answered yet or kind of review things that you still are, are un clear about okay um and i want to encourage you i don't i want to encourage you not to wait though until the last week to to um to get the answers for your questions and so something i'm going to try and do is each week as you give me your questions uh like i said i I want you to take this home and i want you to dig in and i want you to find the answers to those um first because i think if you understand um the answers i think if you or if i think if you can find the answer you kind of get to that aha moment then you're going to own that a little bit better, and it's going to make uh, that stick that much more for you. So, um, but, but I'll try and, and take a look at some of your questions and out on the Facebook page, or at least next week when we come back, I'll have some more scriptures for you guys to go back then that week and dig in and, and read up and see what the Bible has to say about your questions. Okay, does that make sense? But then the very last week, we'll take that, and we will um, we'll talk about any questions that you have. So, I want to encourage you guys to take notes, participate, ask questions, okay? Write down your questions and and take those home and dig in and leave some of those here for me uh, so that we have some some good material, some good uh, uh, questions to use for the last week of the series, okay? Deal? Okay. All right. Yeah, Tito. Yes, that will be a regular thing from now on. Yes. If you guys come up with the, the hunter cards, I like that, it's good. <laughs> okay, so for the rest of the series, we're, we are going to uh, take a look at what the Holy Spirit does. We've talked about who the Holy Spirit is, we've talked about why he's important, and now we're just going gonna, gonna to take the rest of this series and we're going to look at what does he do, what does he do in our lives, Okay. What role does he play in this world and in our lives? And tonight we're going to start by taking a look at John chapter 16 again. We were in that last week. So if you have your Bibles open still um, to John chapter 14, just flip over a few pages to John chapter 16. We'll be looking at verses 8 through 11. This is right after Jesus tells the disciples uh, that it's, it's for their benefit that he's going away because unless he goes away, then the counselor uh, or the Holy Spirit will not come. But if Jesus does go away... Then uh, he will send the Holy Spirit to come to them and ultimately to us, okay? So let's pick up on verse 8 
John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. Jesus says, when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, there are three things in this passage that Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to the world in. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to expose the world's guilt in these three areas. And so we're going to take just the rest of our night tonight, and we're going to take a look at each one of these individually. All right, the first one is verse 9. It says um, the Holy Spirit will convict the, the world in regard to sin. It says, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit isn't the first one to convict people of sin. This is also something that Jesus did while he was on the earth. Okay? John 15, uh, verses 22 through 24, Jesus says this about the world. He says, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles... And yet they have hated both me and my father. So while Jesus was on the earth, he spoke to people and he performed miracles. And the people who heard him speak and the people who saw him do these miracles were no longer ignorant of the sin in their lives. But this doesn't mean that they weren't guilty of sin before Jesus came because uh, they had the law. Romans 3, verses 19 and 20 says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world be held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I would encourage you this week to take some time and read through Romans chapter 1 verse uh, through three, okay? Romans chapter one through chapter three. And, and, and it talks a lot more about the law and it talks about uh, our righteousness or lack thereof, how we can't follow the law to get to God and we need somebody else who lives a perfect life and died a perfect death for us, okay? The law was given to the Jews in order to reveal their sin to them and Jesus came to confirm what the law said and to show uh, the people that they were incapable of perfectly obeying uh, the law on their own. How many of you guys have a set of rules that your parents have given you to follow? How many of you guys, okay, keep your hand up if you've obeyed those rules perfectly. Nobody? Okay. Good. Because it's impossible to. It's impossible Right? It doesn't matter how many laws we have or how many rules we have, we're going to break one eventually because of our sin. We can't perfectly obey the law. Okay? And so uh, Jesus came, again, like I said, to confirm that law, to confirm uh, that, that what the law says and what the law shows people is that they can't obey it on their own perfectly. Jesus performed miracles and he spoke to the people in order to reveal that he came from God and that he was God or is God. And the sin that Jesus convicted the people of in John chapter 15, it wasn't, it wasn't like 
they didn't know they were sinners before. They didn't know that they couldn't follow the law before. And then, aha, now they do. The sin that Jesus was talking about in chapter 15 is the fact that they rejected him as the Messiah. He came and he talked and he, and he spoke truth to them and he gave them, uh, showed them all these miracles to show that he was God. Okay? He even died on the cross and rose again. And there are people who still didn't believe that still rejected him as the Messiah. And at first glance, it might seem like Jesus himself could come and he could accomplish this purpose just fine of, of uh, revealing that sin to them. But remember, while Jesus was on the earth, he limited himself to being at one place at a time. So this means that over his roughly three-year ministry, Jesus really only spoke to a very limited number of people uh, comparatively. He never really traveled very far from Jerusalem. Okay? They had to walk everywhere. And so in reality, only a small percentage of the overall population were convicted firsthand of their sin by Jesus himself. All right, so let, let's put that into perspective for a minute. The current world population now, today, is somewhere around 7 billion people, okay? It's probably more than that now. Somewhere around 7 billion people. So if Jesus personally spent five minutes with each and every single person to talk about their sin, it would take over 66,000 years for everyone to be convicted of their sins by Jesus himself. 66,000 years, okay? Around 98 or 99% of the world would die before they ever got to talk to Jesus. That means that the ministry, or the, the uh, majority, excuse me, of the people on earth who didn't believe in Jesus Christ would never know that was a sin unless someone else came to reveal it to them. See where I'm going with this? Okay. Last week we learned that the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once, and that's helpful when uh, there are people everywhere who need to realize that they are living in sin, isn't it? It's helpful to know that because the Holy Spirit now is the one who comes and convicts. The one, Holy Spirit's the one who comes and reveals that to them. Since Jesus went away and the Holy Spirit came, it's now the Holy Spirit's job to convict the world that the true reason that they're living in sin is because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, but the Holy Spirit doesn't just convict unbelievers, okay? Once we put our faith into Jesus Christ, we don't automatically become sinless, until we die or until Jesus returns, every believer will have sin in his or her life that needs to be revealed to us on a regular basis and surrendered to Jesus so that we become more and more like Christ and have a right relationship with God. That right relationship with God, living in the right relationship with God, that's called righteousness. And in John sixteen ten, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will come to convict the world, quote, in regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. The Spirit convicts the world in regard to righteousness in two ways. First, he proves that Christ himself was righteous. We learned earlier in chapter 16 that Christ had to go uh, away in order for the Spirit to come. Where did Jesus say he was going? Remember? To his Father's house? Yeah, to him who sent me, to his Father. Right? Verse 5. Who was it that sent Jesus? To the world. God the Father, right? So Jesus was returning to the Father, and he could only do that if Jesus himself was righteous, right? Because we've learned that God himself is holy and righteous, and God can't be in the presence of sin. And so it takes a perfectly righteous person to go back and be in the presence of God the Father. And the only one that can do that is God the Son. 
So the Holy Spirit's coming uh, solidifies the fact that Jesus was able to go back to the Father and proves that Jesus was righteous. Acts 2, uh, 32 and 33 says, God raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. If the law reveals to us our unrighteousness or our sin, then Jesus revealed what a perfectly righteous or a perfectly sinless life looks like. And the Spirit convicts us of our need for Jesus to act as our righteousness, uh, as, our, as our righteous substitute before God. For those who've trusted Jesus to take their place through his death and resurrection, Jesus is the example of how we should live our lives before God. And while he was on the earth, the disciples were able to follow Jesus around and watch him and, and, and uh, be immersed in his environment and observe how he lived. And they were able to do that firsthand. But we don't have Jesus here now with us, do we? Right? Where's he at? Yeah. Anybody? Say it loud. He's in heaven, right? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, okay? We don't have Jesus here with us in order to be able to observe the way he lives, nor do we have the apostles here who were with Jesus firsthand, okay, to tell us uh, in person about how he lived. But we do have the testimonies of the apostles through the witness of the Holy Spirit. In John 15, 26 and 27, Jesus tells the disciples this. He says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. This is why we have the four Gospels in the Bible. Okay? And we can trust that what they've said about Jesus is true because the Holy Spirit reminded them of Jesus' words and his teachings. John sixteen thirteen and 14 Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he's talking to the disciples here still. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And so we see evidence again of the Trinity with with everything that, that the Spirit is saying, it's, it's the same thing that Jesus is saying, and everything that Jesus is saying is the same thing that God the Father is saying. And all of them are testifying about Jesus and the gospel message. And they're making it known, the Holy Spirit is making it known through first the disciples who became apostles and who took that message outward and, and started the church. Okay? And so now we have, we have the scriptures, we have the full Bible, Old and New Testament, and the New Testament starts with the message that they got and were reminded of by the Holy Spirit. The testimony, the gospel's uh, witness testimony of those disciples. And so we'll look more in detail on how the Spirit applies um, Christ's righteousness to our lives later on in this series. But for now, let's, let's, um, let's finish up this with the last thing that Jesus mentions in John chapter 16. Okay, verse 11. He says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world in regard to judgment because, of the, prin- or because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Who is the prince of the world that Jesus is referring to here? 
What do you think? Another translation calls him the ruler of the world. Yeah. Satan. Right? Satan is an angel who rebelled against God. He's a real being. He's not some fictitious character. Okay? He's not a storybook person. He is a real being, and he is constantly at work against God and those who follow Christ. Satan tempted Eve in the garden. Genesis. Okay? And he persuaded her to sin. Adam joined Eve in sinning. And as a result, all mankind was infected with sin and, the, and its curse of death. Satan also tempted Jesus in the desert. Um, but Jesus didn't sin. And, and his death on the cross brought an end to Satan's power and to the power of sin and death over anyone who believes in Christ's work on the cross for their salvation. In John chapter 12, 31 and 32, Jesus says, Now it is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, but I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all men to myself. When Jesus says that he will be lifted up, he's referring to himself being hung on the cross. Okay? So he's saying that the time of judgment for this world has come. The prince of this world will be driven out. The power of Satan is, is going to uh, uh, be broken when I do what I've come to do, die on the cross, when I defeat death and when I rise again. It's Christ's death on the cross that made a personal relationship with God available to you and to me, okay? Our sin separates us from God, but the moment that we confess it to him, then uh, God applies Jesus' righteousness to us, his right living with God. He applies that to us through the Holy Spirit and he delivers us from the judgment of our sins. Jesus revealed Satan for who he really uh, is he's a liar and a deceiver okay he's also called the father of lies later on and jesus came in uh, to restore what satan had corrupted um namely us and and when we understand that satan himself and his power has been broken by christ then we can be sure that no other power no other power can stand before jesus if satan is the ruler of this world as it stands or was um then it stands to reason that, that he is the most powerful thing on this earth, right? But because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, because he died, because he rose again, and now because we have the Holy Spirit, Satan's power is broken, okay? And so we don't have to worry about him and his power over us if we have put our faith and trust in Christ. Nor do we have to worry about anything else that, that uh, opposes God, okay? Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, meaning Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We don't have to fear death if we're in Christ because he conquered death. Paul says in Colossians 2, 13 through 15, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, you made, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that, that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, over them by the cross. 
Satan has been decisively defeated. How many of you guys have ever been to a basketball game or a football game and you're like, or a baseball game and it's like third inning and you're just like, man, 10 run rule, right? Just mercy, stop the game because this is a, just, it's a slaughter, right? That is what this is. Jesus has decisively defeated Satan. It's a, it's a way past the 10 run rule victory, okay? There's no chance for Satan. And the Holy Spirit reminds every believer that their sins have been forgiven and they are no longer under the power of the prince of this world or the ruler of this world. But for those who haven't put their faith in Christ, then the Holy Spirit convicts them of the judgment that's to come for them if they continue to live apart from Christ. Satan is called the prince or the ruler of this world. This means that anyone who doesn't submit themselves to Christ's lordship have submitted themselves to Satan's lordship. Okay? We will serve one or the other. And anyone who denies Christ has accepted Satan and has given themselves over to the same judgment that he's received. John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in him, talking about Jesus, whoever believes in Jesus is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, Jesus. But the good news is that according to John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit is active in this world all over the place, convicting the world of these things. And that gives us hope that many who are in the world and currently uh, opposed to Jesus will not be a part of the world forever and will repent of their sins and believe in Christ. If you've already done that, then, then praise God. That's an exciting thing, okay? You, you, I hope that you're encouraged by these truths that we're talking about tonight, that Satan and sin does not have a grip on you anymore. But if not, then my prayer is that the Spirit convicts your heart and opens your eyes to your sin and, and your need for uh, righteousness and the judgment that's coming if you continue to deny Christ. And, and I say it's my prayer because I can't convict or convince you. That's something that only the Holy Spirit can do. I can present you with the uh, information. I can give you the facts. I can tell you what the truth is. I can present all of that to you, but ultimately the conviction is the matter of the heart and that's the Holy Spirit's territory. That's not mine, nor is it any, any of ours. We can't do that. We can't convince or convict each other that comes from the Spirit of God. Only the Holy Spirit can soften our hearts and turn us toward Christ. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the counselor. Okay? But he also says that the Holy Spirit will convict. So these the seem contrary to one another at first, but uh, in order to provide true comfort and counsel, conviction has to come first. I recently finished an emergency uh, medical responder class, okay, first responder class for the fire department. And one of the things that they taught us was that in order um, for a wound to be treated, to be able to be treated, it had to be exposed, okay? If somebody has a gash on their leg, but, uh, but it's underneath their, their jeans down here, uh, we have to cut the jeans open to expose the wound and, and to be able to, to see it and treat it, stop the bleeding and things like that, Okay? Because you can't treat what you can't see. The Spirit sees all. The Spirit knows all. The Spirit sees all our wounds and gently exposes them by convicting our hearts, convincing us of our wrong. 
And then he treats our wounds with the medicine of the gospel. He helps us to understand the truth of what Jesus came and did for us. And he reminds us that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, that he was crushed for our iniquities, that the punishment that brings us peace was put on Christ. And by his wounds, we are healed. Okay, that's Isaiah 53, 5. So the Holy Spirit is at work in your life right now, whether you know it or not, whether you want him to or not. And my prayer is that you would respond, that you would take this information, that you would hear these truths that we're talking about tonight and that we continue to talk about the rest of this series. And that if you haven't responded in a way that surrenders your life to Christ and to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you would do so and, uh, and let him do the work that only he can do. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you give the Holy Spirit to every believer. Thank you that we uh, have you dwelling inside us through your Spirit. Thank you that he leads us and guides us. Thank you, God, that, that it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit that drew us to you in the first place, softened our hearts and pointed us to you, helped us see our own sin and the need for a Savior, and that, that we found that Savior in Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God. Uh, that, that you've drawn us to you. I pray for those in here that, that have chosen uh, either to reject you or, uh, or, or just maybe haven't made a decision at all yet. Uh, but in doing so, God, um, that they truly have made a decision. If we don't choose to follow you and act on that, then we've made our choice to reject you. And so I pray, God, that tonight that Holy Spirit, that you alone would convict hearts, that you would expose the wounds, that you would expose the, the sin and, and, and the need for a Savior in the lives of those who need it tonight. And for those of us that are uh, walking with Christ, that are in Christ, that, that um, are following you, Jesus, would you continually, Holy Spirit, uh, reveal the sin in our own lives? Because we know that we're not perfect uh, we know that we're not sinless all of a sudden once we surrender to you. That we still, as human beings, have sin in our lives, and that can, needs to continue to be exposed, brought out, so that we can surrender that to you and, and, and walk uh, in freedom away from it and toward you, and that we can become more and more like you each day. Help us, Holy Spirit. Reveal those things to us. Lead us and guide us. Thank you for the work that you have done and that you're uh, constantly doing in our lives. And, uh, and as we continue to learn more and more about what the Holy Spirit does, God, I pray that you and uh, the Holy Spirit, that you would enlighten us and that you would uh, illumine your truth to, to us and that ultimately would result in praise and honor and glory to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.